What's up all you motorcycle enthusiasts and welcome to the V-Twin Life here on YouTube. We talk motorcycles powered by those V-Twins, what fuels our passion, why you enjoy it so much. V-Twin Life is brought to you by these two great companies, Crash Ink Clothing and Wild Ass Seats. Hey, you want to add some comfort to your ass when you're out riding, whether you're a 400 mile guy or maybe a guy that's pushing a thousand plus or female rider for that matter, hey, check out wild-ass.com and add some comfort to your ass. Can't forget Crashing Clothing, that Northwest brand out of the Pacific Northwest. Hey, these guys got a lot of great stuff from t-shirts to hats, raincoats, you name it. Hey, they can get you covered. Check out CrashingClothing.com. Now, let's dive into another milepost of the V-Twin life. What's up, everybody? Hey, welcome back to another milepost in the V-Twin life. Today, milepost 56 with, you know... There's so many different social media platforms now, Instagram, Facebook, you know, TikTok and everything. Well, reached out to Nick, the Harley guy. He's got quite the platform going on TikTok, works at a great dealership over in Indiana. And I figured, hey, why not get him on and hear some bikes? Because, man, he's got a lot of content. He deals with them every day and be a lot of fun to reach out and talk bikes. So welcome, Nick, the Harley guy. What's going on, man? What's up, dude? Appreciate What's you. Up, Nick? What's up? Hey, first and foremost, so I can see all you know your marine stuff in the background. I want to say thank you for your service for serving our country. Thanks, dude. Yes, thank you very much. Do it again if I could. They won't let me though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too tore up, man. <laughs> yeah, I understand. I get those days where it's like you know I might be in my 40s, but I wake up and I feel like I'm 80. All right, I feel that way. I'm only 33. I got a few more days and I'll be 44. It's my magnum. Damn here. kids. <laughs> Well, happy early birthday, man. Hey, thank you. Thank you. Definitely. What's up, everyone? We got going on here. So let's, you know, get to the beginning here. You know, what got you into motorcycles? Where'd you start? Uh, man, I just remember when I was a kid. So I, I grew up originally around old cars, hot rods, um, family owned a body shop, record service. So I remember going out in the bullpen, seeing 55 Chevys and Novas and just a bunch of cool stuff. And my dad always had bikes that he was working on, but wasn't riding at the time. So I remember him throwing on like the VHS tapes of like Sturges and a bunch of old bike rallies and stuff like that. And I remember just seeing the bikes and the girls on the bikes and I was like, man, I want to live that life. But I guess the older I got into it, my dad ended up getting an older sports during like the late seventies. And it was just one of those things where he would actually pull it into the, we had a pool table in our old house and he'd pull it through the sliding doors and park it there. And at night I'd sneak out and go down and set on it and try to start it. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to start it because it was a kickstart. Didn't have enough ass behind me to get it to turn <laughs> over. But that's kind of where it all started for me, getting it into my blood. And I guess the, the adventure of being on two wheels more than four, I guess you could say. Nice. Yeah. Kind of where it started. And it's funny, you know, it's it's neat to hear, you know, how we all, you know, we all share that patch, which is great about, you know, this whole, you know, doing these podcasts, mind and base, you know, I'm just all about motorcycles. And it's a lot of fun to get in, you know, see where people got into, you know, when that bug came to life and, and how it all started. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where obviously I went in the military and at the time I was in Japan, I was in Japan for over five years and I wanted a bike when I was over there so bad, but I mean, you could go look at a shop there and they'd have like a, this was an 09, 08, 09. 
and like you'd see like an 01 road king for like 15 grand like with like 50,000 miles on it and it was insane so i ended up getting a sport bike and started riding sport bikes when i was younger i can say that hopefully all my followers on tiktoks don't unfollow me for that but (laughs) (laughs) i never said anything bad about sport bikes so i'll put that out there Hey, I mean, we all start somewhere. I mean, a lot of guys, you know, we're all young. It's like, you know what? You want to get that go fast bug and, you know, you want to get that jigsaw, you know, like, you know, we're going back to that time. Said the old hurricanes, the ninjas, and, you know, you got that, the need for speed, basically. Got to get that out of your system. Right. Yeah. I ended up getting a ZX6R636. Well, actually, before that, (laughs) so I had an S10, 01 S10. The training was bad in it. So I threw it out in my front yard. Growing up, my dad always wheeled and dealed, so I was like, I'm going to wheel and deal, too. So I threw the truck out in the front yard, and a guy pulled up, and he's like, I got a bike I'd trade you. So what is it? It was like a mid-60s hardtail frame, and it had a Honda 750 motor. It was like big bore kit and a bunch of stuff done to it. It had like an 04 1200 Sporty front end and solo seat and drag bars on it and drag pipes. And I was like, you're going to trade me straight up for that? What's wrong with the bike? He goes, nothing. He just wanted the the body for the truck. So we ended up trading and I did a few electrical or stuff to it and got it running. And then that was basically my first bike. It's kind of cool. I called it the Hardly, Hardly a Harley. <laughs> so was that like the old CB750 inline yeah. four? Yep. See, I had a buddy, I mean, back from, you know, my hill climb days, he had a, a CB750 was his hill climb bike. And he actually had ordered and got a set of split cams that made okay. it fire as a twin. Damn. And it sounded fucking impressive. It had just an awesome sound, but yeah. I actually seen a guy in R1 that had a set of the, he got split cams in an R1 and that thing sounded like a fucking Ducati. Yeah. It was impressive. That thing ran good for what it was. It's kind of a death trap. Cause it was, you could tell the guy who owned it threw it together. Uh, <laughs> it was pretty ratted out, but it was fun. Got my feet wet. And then yeah, I ended up trading that and got that ZX6R. And I got made fun of from all my friends, so I ended up getting rid of that. And actually, that's what I was talking to you earlier about. I was running a little quick on it, and that old lady pulled out in front of me and scared the crap out of me. <laughs> I got it home like 20 miles an hour for like 30-minute ride and got it home and ended up selling it and ended up getting a 16 Heritage. Nice. On my first bikes. Yeah, it was, it was cool. I ended up getting it from like a – I won't throw names out there, but a, a different place than where I work. <laughs> I, didn't I, I didn't work there at the time, so I didn't know what to, where to go. I guess you could say, but yeah, that that was my first my first baby. That was I, her name was Medusa. She was all black, and to this day, my wife still that was her favorite bike to ride on. She said it was the most comfortable bike I ever had, which I can understand compared to what I got now. But yeah, I always have a special spot in my heart for Medusa. That was a cool bike. Yeah, that's like you know with my my real guy we call it Black Betty, but even my my wife's is the same thing. My old Suzuki Boulevard I used to have, she mm-hmm. thinks that that was more comfortable to ride on than the Road Glide. Yeah, she's like, I miss that bike. So you know, I, there's some things I miss about it, but then it's like you know you you got to evolve and and get to that next platform where you want to go and sure, you know, I forgot. Like, maybe, sorry, oh go ahead, Brad. No, I was gonna say I forgot about the Boulevard because that's what we had, and my wife was ready to like she about fell off it the last time we rode down that thing and that's what got us the harley and that's funny that she likes your yeah. wife wants to go back my wife would never go back she'd kill me first i mean it, it was a great bike i mean i can't say really any bad thing about it it's just when i came time you know when i was shopping for a new bike with the bullover it had the leather bags i love touring and riding you know multi-day trips and 
even with leather bags, sometimes you you travel enough, ride enough, you're going to get caught in shitty weather. It's going to happen. Yeah. And the biggest thing that I wanted with a, in a new bike was I wanted hard bags. It's like I get caught in the rain somewhere knowing that you got some dry clothes and dry stuff to put on at the end of that day to me was a huge factor. It's like, I didn't care about the fairings. Like, you know what? I could go with a, you know, a bat wing road glide. I mean, I was even looking at some of the road stars. I've always been a fan of the road stars too, but mm-hmm. it's like, I just want hard bags. That's the only piece on a bike that I want my next bike to have. And, you know, and lo and behold, you know, down the road came my road glide and I fucking love it. Right. I love the road glide platform. This compared to that street glide. Cause I started when I started at the dealership, I had never even rode a road glide. And I've rode the Batwing fairing a few times and then I was always like, Yeah, they're goofy looking, blah, 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 like everyone else says when they come to shop. But until you ride one, that's when you're really gonna know the difference. Oh man, ride one in a windstorm. Yeah. I was coming uh through the Columbia River Gorge, was it two years ago, which separates Washington, Oregon, heading back from Idaho. And I had a headwind so strong. I mean, I was wide open and I couldn't get past 65 miles an hour. Dang. You let off the throttle and it's like you're seriously slamming on the brakes. But handling wise, not a problem one. Right. I mean, that the frame mounted fairing is rather impressive in the wind. Yeah. Because yeah, you need that 131. <laughs> you know what? I like longevity though. I mean, nothing against a, a 131, but I want to. There's nothing wrong, say, a 103, 107. Like, I mean, I'm running. In 88, it's been bumped up to a 95. I got, you know, the gear-driven cams in it just a little bit, basically, you know, stage two, you could say. But you build a bike, whatnot, I want to still have that longevity and not go overboard where, okay, now maybe I'm going to get 20, 30,000 miles just because you just pump the piss out of it so much, you could say, where right. that's just, you know, not my style. I mean, if yep. I was going to make a bar hop or a day ripper, oh, hell yeah, I'd build the piss out of it, but if you know my platform i enjoy touring and traveling i want the other side of that i mean a little bit more power is great for riding but i want that longevity to you know many many miles down the road and not have to worry about you know tearing into shit right a lot of people don't think about that when they go to build their bike i see it a lot at the shop but i mean you know it goes to say like mine mine's a 2004 and i'm about to roll 104,000 miles I keep up on my normal maintenance, you know, my changing my fluids, you know, checking everything over and you take care of it. It takes care of you. It's kind of always been my thing. Right. It's true. That's how it works. Sorry. I'd open my beer up. No, so, what, so what's your, so what is your, well, I got to be careful asking you this because you were going to do a show, but what's your, what's your thoughts on, on the stock Harley, right? Cause you hear a lot of people, oh, speaking of the 131, sets or pendants just showed up. No, it's like chums in the water now, buddy. Um, <laughs> I can't see the chat. Is there one? Oh uh, yeah. Well, you know, you have to, um, you have to go on YouTube and watch it. Oh, okay. Never mind. But no, you should be able to see the, as a guest, you should be able to see it under comments. But anyway, yeah. Um, what are, what are your thoughts about the stage kits? Because I always feel like you talk to the old heads, and the first thing they always tell you is, oh, there's power hidden in these engines. It doesn't matter what engine it is. Right. Do you think at some level that that's just brilliant? To me, I always took it as just brilliant Harley marketing, right? That they, they right. want to sell you. It's well, if there's men involved, there's a one upsmanship for sure. But <laughs> there always is. You guys keep up with the Joneses, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, I can put say a stage one. I agree. I'm cool with the stage one. Obviously, you're going to get more fuel to it. You're going to let it breathe a little bit better. And the boners do run better. 
be in tune. Um, two, I can completely get because I like a little thumpy, thumpy potato, potato on my bike and a little bit more torque depending on what came you run around. Um, going to a three or four, I don't really see a need for it. Um, that's when you get into what, you know, he was talking about the fact of you put too much into your bike, the longevity of it, mm-hmm. long distance on the bike itself, um, the re- reliability of it all. Um, obviously everyone has a different goal and gif- different reason for why they build their bike. So I guess it's, it's different for everybody in each story, but I can see a purpose in them. I guess if that's, if mm-hmm. that's the way to answer your question. That's fair. Yeah. Well, so, you know, the, the other thing I like is, I mean, he, you're working a dealership, but yet, sure. you know, post this one up, you're riding a 96 heritage. I mean, you're a few generations back on the, on the yeah. engine and, you know, kind of enjoy it. I don't know. Almost seems weird to think of, but as we progress, you know, where we're at year wise, it's kind of considered an old school bike now because yeah. I mean, Evos are just, you know, yeah, older generation. So, I had a 2010 Street Glide. It was it had a 96 twin on it, which it's a 96. But I had had a stage one, and I had a power vision tune done, and it ran good for what it was. And I love that bike. Like I was telling you guys earlier, like that bike, I love that bike. But as soon as that heritage came in the parking lot, and I saw the violet pearl, and me, I'm a nostalgic kind of guy. Like I don't know if this sounds right saying this, but I kind of in my mind live in the past. <laughs> I just I I see the good in things differently. And it reminds me of the past. You know, I remember my dad had that that old iron head, no, the shovel. And I just remember the smell. I mean, of a carbureted bike, you just it has a different smell to it. And riding that Heritage when I test rode it before I bought it brought that back to me. And I kind of wanted to just go back to the bare bones of riding. No fairing, carbureted bike where I got to play with a choke. You know, I mean, it's kind of... Just wanted I wanted to go back to that time and enjoy that feeling. So it's kind of why I went with that bike. And like I said, three years later, I'm still rocking it and still loving it too. So I get the enjoyment of riding new and new inmates and all that stuff at work because obviously I got to know what I'm I'm selling at the same time. I'm, I'm that type of guy, but I I like the old school stuff. It's me. So now, do you also now you enjoy touring? You know, taking off on a couple you know two three day road trips on it, or are you more just if kind I of can a, you know, man. day ride? I'm more of a day ride. I mean, not that I, I couldn't do it or I'm not into that. It's just honestly with my schedule right now. I mean, I got the promotion and it's my dealership. You know, we we work a lot and it's not a bad thing. Um, it's my career and you know what I mean? So I don't get a lot of chances to be able to do longer trips. Um, but if I were to do a longer trip, it wouldn't be on Purple Haze because she's she's like riding a hog or a, a log wagon. I mean, it's it's been lowered and slammed and... <laughs> The life doesn't like riding on that thing. And I rode up from, so I actually lived in South Bend for a while. I actually took a break from Harley for about six months last year. And we can dig into that if you guys want to, but sure. Uh, I ended up, I was living in South Bend and we rode up to Michigan, go up to the lake and stuff like that. So a couple hour trip on it was, was good enough, I guess you could say, <laughs> but my, yeah. I do plan on getting a, a road glide probably this summer. That's the plan um, to be able to do a little bit longer rides. Cause Right now, it's just not possible with that bike. Well, hey, if you're looking, man, you know, hit me up. I know a guy that can help you out. Cool. Yeah, dude. I, I got an ultra limited. It's mint. You've never seen a bike this mint. Ultra classic <laughs> with a with a trunk. It's yeah. got a trunk, yo, babe. It's got a trunk. It's got a trunk. trunk and CDs. We can talk. It's got to a each trunk. Other. Oh, I got the I got the glowy <laughs> lights and stuff. Yo, it's got to be worth like nine grand more. 
Oh, five grand of upgrades. Yo, who who else want, could buy a bike? It's got like a whole YouTube channel based around it. I mean, that's <laughs> got to be worth another 20 right there. At least I'll sign it. No. <laughs> so <Messed up. laughs> Don't spit your drink out. <laughs> that's freaking good. But what made you want to take the TikTok adventure? I mean, because you've actually built quite the following. I mean, last I looked yeah, at like your TikToks are great. Five thousand is that's fucking impressive. It's getting there, man. I don't. So I started it like way back. So I'll tell you the whole story. All right. So I started the TikTok, and it was this was back when everybody was on here just dancing and doing weird things, and I wasn't really in. I didn't see the motorcycle TikTok side of the thing, so I never. I was never a social media guy. Like I'd post bikes for sale on my Facebook, and that was it. And I made a few videos at work. So I took a break from Harley for six months. It wasn't wasn't the fact of anything bad you drew. It was just as a young salesman in my in my younger years, I guess you could say, mentality wise, um, I burnt myself out and I didn't look at things in a right perspective. So the best thing I could have done was leave. I ended up leaving, um, went back and welded again. And I got medical issues from the military that don't allow me to do that anymore. And the whole time I was gone, my whole heart was like hurting because I wanted to be back with my guys at the shop and just be around you got you type of people like this people that were into the same things I was into. Um, yeah, so that brought me back. And then once I got back to the shop, I started doing a little bit more TikToks and then one view would get a thousand views and then the next view would get 5000 views. And then next thing you know, I had a video that hit like 150,000 views. Damn. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what is this about? And then more people started following me. And then people at the shop were kind of getting in on it, trying to give me ideas on what I should do, what I should talk about. And then from there, it just blew up, man. So it's it's been fun. It's been a ride. It's been an emotional ride, I guess you could say, going through the, the haters and people that watch one video and want to get on there and talk shit to you and act like you don't know anything. It's like, watch more of my videos, dude. I'm not a bad dude, but <laughs> you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, you got to feel sorry for those people. Yeah. We've got nothing better to look forward to. No, just trolls, man. But I'm not on there to start drama. I don't. I don't like being involved in that crap, man. I'm just. I'm there to educate and have fun. And like, I'll make fun of a, this black street guy guy. Then I'll make fun of the trollo dude, which my bike's trolled out. I'll make fun of everyone. It's not me making fun of them. It's just bringing the light to everything as a joke. Like, he's here to have fun. You throw a comedy twist in it, which I think is awesome. I mean, some of those ones, you know, I, I mean, I die laughing. Just give me the numbers. I don't want to deal with you. Just get your boss out here. I've been in sales. And it's just you throw a comedy twist in it, and it, fuck, it's, it's great. great. I mean, it's, you know, in a way, it's reality. But because you, you sure. I mean, obviously, you see it more than, you know, us who don't work in sales. But it's like, you know, I've been to dealerships. You can overhear a conversation of people. It's like. Jesus Christ, you just like you shake your head and then yeah. you know what with your TikTok, it, it kind of in a way brings a full circle. And even some of those are like, dude, they're hysterical, but you know they're freaking true. Yeah. Every video I've made are legit things that's happened to me there. I mean, it's you you see everything. It's and that's kind of the reason why I keep doing the TikToks is I want people to understand salespeople got a bad, really bad rap from years ago. I mean, you go to a car lot and dudes are going to trip each other to get out the front door to talk to you. And if you go into a legit dealership, it shouldn't be like that. I mean, the way we run our shop at our place, man, it's you're part of the family. And 
we're not there to sell you. I mean, you, it sounds funny to say that because that's my job, but at the same time, we're there to give you an experience. And no matter what, when you go into a Harley shop, it's about culture. It's about hanging out with like-minded people. And if you want to buy a bike, I'm there to help you buy a bike. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you don't uh, – what we were talking before the show, my dealership changed, and um, yeah, it's just not the same. The, yeah. the salespeople, it's just not the same experience. Right, right. And, and you mentioned something in your TikToks, and I thought it was really funny. How many people sell bikes that don't have MC license? It, it's yeah. it's amazing to me how many people will talk, and then you start talking to them, you're like, they have no idea what they're even talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, I mean – if you go to a reputable shop, like people, I'm not saying you have to ride to sell Harleys or sell bike or anything. You don't have to, but at the same time, in my philosophy, what I think is if you're going to sell something, you need to live that. You need to be part of it mm-hmm. and you need to breathe it. If you don't, you're, you're, you're cutting that person short of an experience. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, anyone that comes to our shop, we get their license, we bring them into the culture and we teach them. So it, it's fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely. That's really good. So how do you how do you deal with the people that come in? And I think Harley gets a bad rap for this, but there's two sides of the story, I suppose. So how do you deal with the guy that comes in that has an MC license and wants to buy a Rogue Glide special, but has no experience? As in what do you mean like riding or buying? From from riding, so he wants to buy the bike, but he has sure. no riding experience. I get you. you. I get you. Do you guys do you guys try and work with him and, and, and kind of because I can see it from both sides, right? If you come right. on the lot and you're looking to buy a thirty thousand dollar motorcycle, I mean, right. who am I to tell you no? But on the same side, I see dealers that do that, and then a guy trashes the bike six months later, and then we lose him from the community. Exactly. So that's one of the big things that we try to train our fits is the. When someone comes in and say say they want to look at a new Rogue Glide Limited and they never rode before, I'm gonna I want to show them other options because most of the time, eighty percent of people that come in to look at a certain bike end up buying a different bike. Okay. Um, a lot of people buy off of obviously what their friends have to keep up with the Joneses, what their dad said they should buy, what everyone they ride with rides, and everyone is taller, shorter, fatter, skinnier. Each bike's gonna fit you differently, and not everybody has the same need for a bike some people aren't in obviously riding long distances but if someone came in looking for a, a particular bike i'm going to show them that bike and then i'm going to show them other options i mean if if you don't know what's out there a lot of people don't know um have them set on as many bikes as they want feel everything and see what feels best for them obviously bikes are going to fit different um if you go into a legit dealership the person working with you should know how a bike should fit a person with you know posture different angles on the arm bend back angle feet placement i mean there's a lot of things that go into it that a lot of people don't think about and a lot of people think that harley guys when you go to the shop are trying to sell them a different bike for a reason that they shouldn't be but that's not really what's happening i mean there's a lot that goes into it a lot of people don't think about okay that's fair yeah because because i yeah because that's what i was wondering because if you you see that a lot. You see people that come into a dealership and they, you know, they, they want, they want X, Y, Z because they watch easy rider. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the guy one Jason. He goes, I went to my local HD dealer to get my latest bike. And the salesman gives me his realtor's business card. Hey, you want to buy a house too? <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't right. 
No, you, sh- you shouldn't be doing that, whoever whoever that salesman, if you're on here watching this or see this later. Don't do that. You got your one job, and your one job is to take care of that person in front of you. Don't be trying to do your side hustle at work, man. That's not good business. Yeah. So actually, you know, speaking of that, so now, how did you find your way? Now, can we mention the dealership that you're working at? Yeah, Harley-Davidson okay, so, Fort Wayne. So how did you find your way into working at, you know, Fort Wayne Harley-Davidson? So at the time, I was in the steel industry. So I was a millwright. Um I was an overhead crane operator at a steel company. And, you know, obviously I went into the Harley shop as, as often as I could to be around people that I, I liked. And at the time, it was right after I bought my street glide. Um, I was walking through the shop and one of, at the time, it was one of the assistant sales managers was like, hey man, you know, you can, you can talk. I mean, would you be interested in a job? And I was like, I mean, what do you pay? Because obviously, mill right, steel industry, I made pretty good money. And, uh, at the same time, man, I was working crazy hours and I just wasn't happy at, with my life at the time. And it took about three months of me bitching to my wife. <laughs> she rolled over to me in bed one day and, or at night and she goes, just go sell Harleys. And I was like, are you sure? She goes, yeah. She's like, we'll make it work. So I called up my guy there and I went in for an interview and I ended, you know, from then on I was there and it was the best, best thing I could have done in my life, man. I mean, it, I was in a weird spot with, mental stuff from the military and just the hours I was working at the time. And I needed that escape and dude working for Harley. I mean, you hear it every day, people every day come inside me. You got the dream job. When I retire, I want to do this. And it's like, you don't need to retire to do this. You can make good money doing it and you can have fun doing it. And it's not even work. You know what I mean? You come in, you live the life, you ride the bikes and you help people, you know, make dreams happen. So that's, it's cool, man. That's, that's where it all started at. That's how I got in there. Now, how That's long have you awesome. been there? Mm. So I left for that six months, but if you don't count that, about two and a half, almost three years. Okay. Nice. Yep. For a minute. It's 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 crazy, man. It was like just the, the evolution of how everything at the shops changed. Oh, shit. My phone's about to die. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Hey, but, no worries, uh, man. I think we're good. What are we on? 20%. We're good for a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's uh, anyone thinking about doing it, you should do it. <laughs> so has you know, motorcycles always been a passion for you? Honestly, hot riding race cars. Growing up as a little 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 dude, man. I mean, I remember telling stories where I'd I'd be out at the dirt track and my dad would be running late models or modifieds, and I'd be sleeping on the grandstands. 30 feet in the air, the old school wooden grandstand where you could fall right through to the bottom. Oh, yeah. I'd be sleeping on the floor where you put your feet. That, that's kind of, that was my passion when I was younger, honestly. It was circle track, um, dirt cars kind of was my thing. My passion for Harley um, really stemmed from when I got out of the military. I mean, what I went through and all that crap, and I needed that adrenaline rush. I needed that escape. Um, and no matter what, I did. I couldn't find it until I got on two wheels. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. That's it's my escape and it's my uh, my therapy that I don't have to pay for. Besides, well, and you know that's one of my you know favorite hashtags is you know two wheel therapy. I mean, yeah. I wasn't in the military. I spent ten years working a maximum security prison. Sure. And there are times where I mean I rode my bike a lot. Yeah. But sometimes that sixty five mile ride home was huge because there's yeah. times where. You know, I'm sure 
you know, military life or, you know, guys in law enforcement mm-hmm. trying to leave work at work and not bring work home. I had exactly. days where, the, you know, that was, that was a problem. And, you know, it's one of those things that I had to fight. Plus, you know, you, you see things that, you know, I mean, even now, I mean, I, I witnessed things that I wish I would have never had to see and, and deal with, but right. you know, that's over. I, I, I left there to go work in a paper mill and I worked there for 16 years and, you know, now I've been driving truck for a while, but, it's just one of those things where I think motorcycles is an awesome form of therapy. And I know there's hundreds of thousands in the community that can agree where there's no better therapy than hopping on your bike. And even I found myself, it doesn't have to be two hours, five, you know, whole day. I mean, there'll be times, you know, I might have 20 minutes. I'll just go take a little loop on a couple back rows and come back. And even that short amount of time can really clear your head and, you know, put you in a, a better frame of mind. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's why I, that's why I do what I do really. I mean, I, I want to help everybody out and a lot of people don't notice or think that think of that until you're actually on two wheels run down the road, the wind blowing through your hair, you know what I mean? So yeah. yeah for sure. So you you and I were talking a little bit before the show and I I'm loosely in the market, right? <laughs> but I'm probably 2 years out realistically. Sure. So if I go in to buy a bike, what is what should my realistic expectation be right because every you hear these guys talk and it's like you know we were joking around but it's the truth it's like you know oh my bike's ultra mint or you know i've got a because you had said something in one of your tiktoks and i thought it was it's true it's just a vin number right we get attached to it being especially with motorcycles right because it's a passion and you have all these great stories for it and you might have put money into it but as I go to buy a bike, what should my realistic expectation to know what my trade's worth? What is, what should I be looking at? So I just don't come in there and sound like a Yahoo. Like how much money should I have prepared to put down to? So my thing is I, I don't work in the sales industry, but I work for a sales company. Mm-hmm. How do I present myself as a buyer? So you know that I'm serious and I'm not just wasting your time and you're not wasting mine. So so when you bring your bike in, always make sure if the bike's not there, you got your VIN. You got if you have a payoff, you need a ten day payoff. Um, ten day payoff is different than than what say you log on to my HDFS and it shows you what your balance mm-hmm. is. The whole different thing. So have your ten day payoff and be be realistic. I mean, if you work go work with like a reputable dealership that takes care of you, they'll work with you. So when it comes down to trade values, do not base your trade off of Kelly Blue Book. Kelly Blue Book. Okay is not a thing that any dealerships use. Um, your value actually comes from what the bank's going to allow the dealership to resell your bike for. So say your bike's worth 13 grand retail. A dealership, obviously you're trading it in, is a, is a business. They gotta make money too. So obviously there's gonna be a little bit difference between the 13 and that, but you gotta be realistic with the fact of what the market value is for your bike at that time, you know, market values are changing crazy, just like trucks and cars are right now. I mean, you're, they're changing every two weeks. Um, you could lose or gain $500 in three weeks on your bike. Um, it all depends on the value of your bike as a life. But um, just be realistic about it. Um, we, obviously, we use NADA, motorcycle value, and we use JD Power. Okay. Um, and obviously, we'll off what the market is. 
So if you work with a reputable dealership, they'll work with you. When it comes to down payment money, most of the time dealerships want, or not dealerships, the bank specifically wants at least 10% based off your credit. Huh? Um, through Harley Finance, if you're 740 and above, you're considered top tier. More than likely, depending on what the bike year you're looking at to buy, you're going to get a zero down. But most of the time, they're at least one ten percent down. So okay. At least ten percent of whatever you're trying to get a loan for itself. Now, with seven forty, are yep. you look which does Harley Financing tend to lean towards one of the three bureaus, or nope. is they, it just the highest score of the three? Correct, the highest score of the three, the poll. Okay. Um, yeah. Usually, that's what it will go through. Depending on what bank you go through, but yeah, through Harley Financial. They'll, go, they'll pull whatever the best score is, and they'll go off that one. So if you go in with a 740 credit score, you can pretty much get what you need. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Damn. I need to take <laughs> a trip to Indiana. <laughs> you got a 740? Uh, higher than that, but yeah. <laughs> Man, I'll get you your best rates in town. Come out and see Nick. Thar I got a guy. 950. <laughs> Do you? <laughs> yeah. And, and With an ultra clean bike. <laughs> and everyone listening, do not use Credit Karma, please. <laughs> I'm, i've been in arguments i'm talking like people yelling at me because i come out with a print off of their actual score and it's 640 and their credit karma said they were a 715 yeah they get mad at me for it it's like and people need to realize dealerships do not sell money we sell bikes your credit is what is going to give you your interest rate everyone always says harley has the worst interest rates out there and I get it. If you go to your own bank and you've been banking with them for 500 years, you're probably going to get a pretty good rate. But if you're just a regular Joe Schmo off the side of the road and you come in to get a loan, don't be mad. I mean, your credit's what you you built your credit and your credit score is what you you made it. That's get, a true yeah, point. We get a lot of crap for that. And a lot of people get mad at me at the table going over numbers for the for that fact. And it's like, man, <laughs> you know, I've been there. I've had bad credit, but I can show you how to fix it, you know. And a lot of people don't realize either Harley Finance reports to all three credit bureaus monthly. They're a national recognized bank. So me particularly, I don't tell people this, but within six months, my credit went up 120 points just through Harley. Mm -hmm. So there's some perks to it um, that a lot of people don't think about. Well, my thought, too, is if you really want the bike, you know, I went through a divorce when they were offering me a Harley for 25% interest, right? It is what it is. <laughs> sure. But you could always buy it, refi it. Exactly. You know, you, you could always do, uh, oh, see, these guys are going to try and push me to make you buy me a, get me a CVO. <laughs> I got one. <clears throat> I got two of them. The red one with flames? I can get it. Oh, you bastard. I got the orange yeah. one. Denver, who books no. these guests? I'm done. I'm leaving. <laughs> I got the uh. orange uh, orange Road Glide Limited right now, CVO. Oh, very nice. It's beautiful. <laughs> see that's always been something i've i've thought about for so many years is you know like me being a guy on the west coast is buying a bike from you know midwest to east coast fly out get your dream bike and then enjoy a nice ride home you know take two three four fuck take a week who gives a shit yeah. and just enjoy you know your right. new purchase and and you know when you enjoy life on two wheels you get something new it's like man you just want to ride it, enjoy the shit out of it so you know i've Still something I might consider doing my next purchase is, you know, flying out to Indiana and, and come hang out, buy you a beer, go have dinner and buy a bike. That'd be cool shit, man. I'll buy you a beer. I got you. <laughs> well, got you. what about me? Can't we go out at the same time and buy we, bikes together? Denver? We can make it a thing. 
Yeah, we can make it a thing. We can make it an event. Can we live stream from your dealership? We're of in. Course. Definitely. Of course. Yeah. I'll give you guys a goodie bag too from our shop. We even, you know, we're like, you know, a big thing now. You know, we're yeah, you are not even close to famous, but you know, my eyes, hey, you know, <laughs> not I'm either, dude. <laughs> oh shit. I, I I think that that's a you know, to your point, I think that's the problem too. And I feel guilty of that. You know, you don't you don't know what your bike's worth. So, right. you know, you're looking at a number and obviously everybody wants the biggest number, right. you know, and it's like, well, what's it worth? But you were mentioning off air that, you know, you guys sell for MSRP when a lot of these dealers are jacking the prices up four grand, Yeah, you know, but they're going to give you 110% for your trade. No, you're not <laughs> No, you're jacking up the price three grand. Yeah. They're jacking prices around and making it look like they're giving you more. There's a lot yeah. of dealerships out there doing that right now. And it's, it's crazy. You know, I mean, you got to treat people right. You know, it's not about selling a bike. It's about having a customer that's going to come back to you in three to four years to trade that bike in and want to work with you again. I mean, there's now, a lot of things going through that. Is your, how realistic is it to buy a bike over the phone? Is that a, is that a pipe dream? Like, could I, could I get close enough that, you know, not, I'm not holding you personally. Don't take it that way. But like, could, <laughs> could I say to you, you know, I want a bike. I want to get, you know, I want to get factory 47 bars on it. And my legends, is that something that you could arrange that you could pick it up from out of town? Or is that something you would have to bring the bike, leave it, come back? So I have sold bikes from out of town. The thing that comes <laughs> down is obviously we're signing the documents to make it happen. Okay. We don't do- e-docu-sign um but we can basically do the numbers through the phone obviously if you're a distance away um to make i guess to come to terms on trade values um we have a thing what we call is uh, a wish list so i basically go back to parts i would basically go through all say you wanted a set of kst 14 inch mayhem bars mm-hmm. i'd go back to there or go back to parts let them know what bar- bike you got what your name is what size bars and then they would throw together the cable list, everything you need to be done. Um, and I'd have that on paperwork. I would basically go through that with you through a bill of sale and explain tax title, everything like that, along with labor, if there was labor involved parts, um, and then come to an agreement. And once we came to that agreement, um, obviously you'd more, you'd have to come in and sign the paperwork. Um, but we could ship bikes. There's, we got, um, haul bikes. We got a few different companies that we can use to deliver bikes. I've sold bikes to, people in Florida, out to California, Arizona, all over okay. the place. So it, it's possible. We can make that happen. Cool. I mean, you're not that far realistically. Right. It's a day trip, but yeah, yeah, I was just wondering. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, you're a little bit farther from me, but you know, that, that's the whole <laughs> point of the, the adventure. It'd be fun. I mean, right. you're only 2,314 miles from my house. Not bad at all. No, it's not like a day and 12 hours. Shit. Right. It'd be fun too. We can have a good time. But this summer we're gonna have a lot of events. We hired a new marketing girl, and we're actually having an anniversary party this year. Um, we're hoping our bike nights. You know, we're gonna have some bands come out and a few different changes than what we had before. So it's gonna be a good time. So here's one. Okay, you know, kind of get off topic. What are your thoughts on the 22, like the Street Glide Road Glide STs? You know, where do, how do they, you know, hit you? What do you think? I like them. Um, what I wish I would have done is put the inverted front end on it. Um, there was a leaked picture. I'm sure everyone saw it with mm-hmm. the inverted front end. And when we got our first delivery of the, we got a street glide STN 
and it had the standard front forks on it and where everyone was like what the hell like come on guys i mean you're, you wanted a performance bike and you can you have the opportunity to throw a verted front end on but i mean another thing i would have done is thrown on like a full touring seat with pegs that's the biggest complaint we've had is a lot of guys want that bike obviously because the motor they wanted the bigger motor on it um and the, the different style the raised bags but throwing the two up on it would have I think would have changed things. But other than that, I, I rode one. They're fun. It's just kind of like riding a, a special. <laughs> yeah. A little bit more motor. So I love how when they came out the advertising, you know, they're showing them was the Olin suspension and whatnot, but that's actually an option. It's not it yeah. doesn't come standard. No. No, they didn't come standard with it. You'd have to upgrade to that. Yeah. Are you saying Harley sold you a bike you have to upgrade? I don't no. believe you, Denver. You're we lying. I know it's crazy. <laughs> it comes with all the options. It's like a gold wing. It comes with everything. <laughs> hey, you do get RDRS and Hill Assist. Hey, come on, man. That's I could deal with that. Front brake clutch. That's you just know crap I got for that video too. <laughs> if you need Hill Assist, you shouldn't be riding. It's like okay, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares? Don't get get one without it. Then you have the option to not have that. So you mean, you that's don't know the how to same turn person. Cruise control off. <laughs> it. <laughs> I don't hate on it. I mean, people uh, people don't know. With it, but oh. people don't know, they don't know. There's no such thing as a dumb question. So I'm always there to answer it. It's just some of the questions. Like, don't ask me what your bike's worth if I haven't seen it. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a hard one. Can't give well, you a the, value. The, the hill is, I think the RDRS should come standard, but that's just me. Cause, but you get the people that are afraid of it, so I don't know. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people scared of it. More electronics that are going to go out. This, this, and that. Um, and a lot of people are saying, you don't need that. But when ABS came out, people said you didn't need ABS. Now, <laughs> all those old school shovel heads want the ABS. Because obviously, yeah. you've been in that point where you need it. Mm -hmm. So, until you get to that point where you need the RDRS, you won't know you need it. You know what I mean? Right. That was a lot of, a lot of talking, but you know what I mean. <laughs> No, I mean, it's like anything, right? It's the people that get pissed because you have a nav. Oh, you don't need it. You don't yep. need this. You don't need that. Until you get used to using it. I'm going to plug yeah. my phone in real quick. Hold on a second. All right, man, no problem. I don't want it to die. Oh, so I say, Denver, we, we, we meet up there, and we both buy new bikes, and we can we can get our picture together. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be a moment. Yeah. Yeah, but all three of us, just one big group hug. You know, we got just close yeah. up with Nick the Harley guy right now, and you know he can. <laughs> I, I oh, sensor sensor pendants wants a value on his bike. He's got a mid bike <laughs> between one and one billion dollars. Well, he it, it's only it's only grenaded once and slid down a highway and once. Perfect. But, yeah, it's know. only got a bent frame. Hey, you know, Jason, you kind of. You kind of got to own a bike to tune into this podcast. You got to be a guy. Oh, come on, poor guy. I wish I could see these comments. So, Nick, oh. this is this is an absolute oh, true shit. story. He has screaming eagle pipes on his one thirty one. He relocated his cat. His cat actually came out the back of the bike. What? Yeah, it actually moved. I think he said like five inches because it sits at the end of the tailpipe. It actually came out. Damn. So we'd like to give him a lot of crap. Yeah, that's crazy. He, he really put that one thirty one to the test. I got to sounds say. like it. It went the through the sensor pendants test, and we're still <laughs> trying to figure out which way you want to rate it. Uh, shit. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. 
Sorry, guys. My, I'm not. I'm new to this podcast thing. This is kind of fun, though. I like this. this uh, so are we. We just fake it till we make it. It's fun. There's nothing wrong with doing that. That's what I do every day. One row therapy so, says hello. You know, nice to meet you. Nice well, to meet you too, dude. Jason had actually a good question. I don't know how far back it is, but what sort of training does Harley put you through as a salesperson? Is it <laughs> pretty lot. intense? Is it based just on the deal or is it based through corporate? So it's okay. So through corporate, we have what's here we called go, here HDU. Okay. It's called HDU. It's Harley Davidson University. Basically what it is, is before models get released, we get training that we have to do online. And it basically will walk you through the bike. We call it a 10 point walk around. So you know, you know, the braking system, the the engine itself, the transmission, the suspension, the navigation, the electronics. Um, there are things that you have to have done monthly um, to keep up on your certifications. Um, but a lot of it stems from the dealership. So my dealership, particularly, we go in about 45 minutes to an hour early every day and do training with our with my fit team. Um, we go over objections. We go over you know, product knowledge. Um, with us at our shop, man, like when you walk through the front door and you talk to somebody, that person should know more than you. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? We need to be the professionals um, and give the, give the experience. So we're very, very depth on really digging in on, um, you know, what, what we're missing out on. We're very data driven. Um, we have literally, we have weekly sheets that we go through and it shows you statistics of where we're failing at. And us as a team, we work together on getting better every day. So I don't know how other dealerships work. Um, I've been around other shops. Not a lot of shops do a lot of the training that we do. Um, mm -hmm. But based off of what's required is basically the, the Harley-Davidson University training, stuff like that. So there's a lot that goes into it. A lot of people don't think of that, but there is. I mean, there's a lot, a lot that goes into it. Well, it says something when you can go into a dealership and even if you can have, you know, one of those really off the wall kind of questions and the guy can answer the question. <laughs> it's nice knowing that you're talking to somebody that actually understands and knows right. a motorcycle as opposed to, you know, people that are going to be paper smart, basically read the, you know, say right. the brochure. Oh, well, sure. no, it does this. That's not my question. Well, uh, uh, it's got a motor. Yeah. <laughs> it's got brakes. It's a, it's a two cylinder. <laughs> V. <laughs> it's a, a V-twin. It's got the yeah. V-motor on it. Yeah. So it, it's got a lot of hidden power, so you can just... <laughs> I gotta throw some wood in my wood stove. Hold on. Do your thing, man. See what it, I mean? This is like amateur hour. Guy didn't it is. The stove. I don't feel bad now. <laughs> I'm sorry. What were you saying, Nick? No, you're good. I, it's just there's... If you walked in Menards and you went to the, the flooring section and the, you asked the guy how much square footage this piece will fit you know, or whatever he should know that you know mm -hmm. the same thing as a shot at a harley shop if you walk up and someone asks you you know what's the seat height on this bike you should know it like what's what's the compression rate on this you should know it what's the difference between a road glide and a street glide fairing you should know that so yeah a lot of people think it's an easy job but there's a lot to go into it that people don't think about oh there's a lot of specs i mean if there's <laughs> there's so many <laughs> models and acronyms yeah. oh yeah like <laughs> and it, like, military, I had all the acronyms locked down. I went to Harley. There's like billions of acronyms for everything. And it's like, I'm still learning them, man. 
I always like when I call my insurance company, they're like, you have an FLA. I'm like, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a Harley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Figure it out from there. They're confusing. Like, uh, like a, uh, a CVO triglides, F-L-H-T-C-U-T-G-S-E. And my owner actually broke it down for me because all those letters mean something. Mm-hmm. Like with the street guides and touring and soft tails, the front ends, the tires. There's a lot of things that it's there's a lot to it. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to actually dig into. Yeah, the alphabet oh. soup labeling. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, what do you what do you think? I mean, you're younger. You're a younger Harley rider than say I am. What do you? What do you think of the direction that Harley's going? Because I know there was a lot of talk. There was a lot of excitement when the STs came out. And then people were like, oh, it's the big wheel bagger phase all over again. <laughs> There's people that think that the Rev Max is going to kill Harley Davidson when they bring it to a bagger platform. Like, what? how do you feel? Well, obviously, you sell them. So you're not going to be like, well, they're crap. But how do I'm you honest, feel dude. I'll tell you straight up. The truth. motors, because I feel like at a, a 10,000 foot view that the, the boomers are aging out, right? The sure. Gen Xers are going to be the next boomers. That's my generation. Right. You know, and if you, you know, I, I have an ultra limited. I love that bike. And <laughs> sorry, Brian doesn't look a day over 62. Oh, shit. <laughs> this this is shit. the problem with lives. They turn on you quick. That happens. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. <That's laughs> but no. I, I feel like there's this this difference where people of my generation want to have a bike that has more technology, but Harley still is kind of lost. Harley feels like they're in this impasse, right? Where you you have to make money, right? But you have to let go of the generation that's not buying bikes and pivot to the generation that is. Sure, sure. And it seems like the new Sportster is really going to be the push for that. So, obviously, I don't know what the main feature is. I'm not that far into the motor. Oh, come on. You know, you know, just spill it. <laughs> I don't know anything, man. <laughs> there, so Harley, Harley's going to keep that old school. I mean, they brought the revival back. I mean, there are things that Harley's doing. That's, that's, I did say Gen X. What's that? Oh, they're just harassing me. Oh, see, oh man. Um, Harley's going to keep, I mean, they're, they're still going to keep their combustible engine. They're not going to go electric. Like every, I've heard that multiple times. The, <laughs> the live wire is going to kill us all. Everyone said that. And guess what? Harley's still keeping it, but they're separating it to another business. That's another story. But the, the rev, I mean, the revolution motor, it, it's a big innovation, man. You're the, the Pan Am 151 horse on a, on a bikes out of the box. Yeah. That's cool. Um, but you're not going to see a bagger line of strictly just having that motor they're going to keep mm-hmm. you know the milwaukee 8s or whatever move up and obviously 117s or whatever but at the same time i think that they're pushing to a different demographic but they're still going to keep guys like us happy i mean I, they're not going to get away from that there's still a culture behind it that people in the the higher rankings know and they're not going to lose faith in that and they're not going to turn away from that but they're going to obviously push stuff out to a new, new demographic of rider because there's a lot of new demographic of riders out there yeah um, i mean have you seen a demographic shift with the sports dress yeah um well even just with the sports dress but even the pan america i mean i've had a lot of guys coming in off bmws ktms mm-hmm. those 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 venture bike guys 
that never even thought of a Harley before in their lives. And they come in and test ride that Pan Am and they're blown away. I mean, we, that was one of the fastest selling bikes out there. I mean, last year when they put the bike out, they built enough that they thought would last for the year and they sold out in like, I don't know, to the point, like four or five months completely wow. out. Um, no manufacturer's ever done that. So right there shows you there's, there's a, there's a market out there for that. And as a company, that's, that's smart to me. I mean, you're there to make money, but you're obviously there to keep people happy. So having the old school stuff out there, like the revival, keeping the, I mean, putting ST out for the, the younger guys that want to go out and wheelie and do performance style stuff and still having that, you know, those electric glide limiteds out there for people who want to go out and just do long distance riding on it and just get your knees in the wind. So I think mm-hmm. it's, I think they're heading in the right direction. I don't, I don't see anything bad or weird coming soon. Well, and I think you got to give them props, especially, you know, the Pan American coming yep. into a market that they've never been in. You know, right. you got a market that's really been dominated. I mean, it's fair to say BMW has dominated that market oh, forever. Yeah. You know, Honda came in, you know, the Africa Twin. Yep. You know, Yamaha's got into it. You know, Harley came into it. You know, they're expanding and trying to break out and, and get into a different genre, you know, of buyers and, and users of motorcycles. And, you know, from what I've read and things I've seen and people I've talked to that own them, they're highly impressed with it. Yeah, it's it's. I've never, honestly, be honest with you guys, I never rode any bi- kind of bike <laughs> like that before um until i rode the pan america then i you know i went out and i did try other different bikes out just to see the differences because i want to know what i'm selling i go right back to that but it's it's incredible on the power and the torque and just the the bells and whistles that bike has it's it's a fun bike and it's not my style of riding but if i was out you know west coast or out in the mountains that'd be a really fun bike to have be cool i think it could be a fun bike you know when you get into you know, four service roads or, you know, some of the, a lot mm-hmm. of people like to do the BDR roads and whatnot. I think yeah. it could be a blast. I mean, that could be a lot of fun. Even where I live up here in the Northwest, you can yeah. you have the cascades sure. get on some of the four service roads and the fire roads. And I mean, it's not something, I mean, maybe some people will want to try to get more technical trails, but you know, right. it's awesome to see them expanding to another, you know, market of people. Right. And that's, that's just, I, everyone needs to know that they're not turning away from the culture. I mean, they're just, they're putting options out there for people that aren't, you know, it, that don't know about the Harley culture. They're trying to bring them into that. And there's, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Mm-hmm. People need to have an open mind about that. Yeah. It's like Dallas, you know, the sports dress has many multicolored satchel options. Well, you know, there you go. <laughs> you can put a satchel on anything, man. Just like <laughs> Indiana Jones did. That's great. I think Denver and I should be on sports terraces. I that would be fun. Have you Dude, sat on one yet, one? Denver? No, actually, I haven't. I sat on one at the International Motorcycle Show. My wife took a picture. I'm like, I look like a bear on a tricycle. Like, that <laughs> no, thing is because, so small. You know, I was trying to get some information for you, you know, looking for a bike because we had so many dealers over here that had what you wanted. And they've been blowing up my fucking phone when I said, don't call me. Oh, yeah. And I'm getting bombarded with phone calls. It's like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Tell them if they can get me in for a buck fifty a month, and I traded my iPhone. No, no, no. PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two. PlayStation Two. Two fifty a month. I want black, bro. This is what my buddies have black street glide. I watch <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. I know what I want, man. You want meat hooks? Yeah. <laughs> wait, no, wait. That hit that. Wait, that was mean because I had meat hooks on mine, but whatever. I, I did too. Okay. I'm just no. Everyone just calls them meat hooks. That's not the name yeah. of the bars. 
We're, we're not scallops, the biker, they AKA, you know, he's going to join the Diner Bros. Oh, come on. Now. When I take, that's what I do, dude. When I take the top box off my bike, I get the flat brim hat on, I throw some shorts on with some socks. Yeah, exactly. TikTok's <laughs> most hated Diner Bro. Sorry, Logan, uh, if you see this. <laughs> Logan's my buddy, so I can sit here and say talk shit on it. Cool. Oh, that's fucking awesome. Blasted some wanted dead or alive. Got yeah. a stereo, man. Let's go. Pull your socks up real high with the yeah, buttons. yeah. <laughs> I should be going down the road, cranking up share if I could turn back time. <laughs> I go. got my Dixon now. You better watch out, Bubba. Oh, I yeah, never you're David. Owned a Dixon. You're David Bowie Dixon. Hey, don't judge. The man had talent. David Bowie. Yeah. You got a poster of him over your bed when you go to sleep at night. Look at him. <laughs> Look, I was this close to buying a bike from you. You crossed oh, the line now, sir. Oh, that was, kidding. That's so awesome. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, now you're kidding. I got Britney Spears on my wall. All right. I come in with my 920 credit score. You, you're going to be impressed. Oh. Yeah. $5 oh, was... down. $5 down, down, baby. Make it rain. <laughs> oh, shit. That was... that was funny shit. That's what we're doing. Me and Denver are going to come in. We're going to own the place. We're going to just buy everything. Let's do it. I'll write every one of them up. Yeah. I want one of every comment. We need 132s. Sorry. (laughs) What's that? That's my favorite comment. People come in and I'm like, someone's looking at a bike. Well, what do you think of that thing? And they're like, I want all of them. I'm like, give me like 20 minutes and I'll write them up. (laughs) It might take a minute to do the paperwork. (laughs) There's a good question. How many bikes have you sold to one person in one day? To one person? Yeah. I sold... To one person, one guy, two, but I sold a father and son a bike each probably three times, and that was cool as shit. Oh, that's, that's awesome. gotta be like cool. it it was huge, man. I mean, like the, the kid it was his first bike, he was 17, and his dad helped him out getting it, and then his dad ended up getting one too. So we have what we call our delivery bay, and it's we got our flag and our stuff behind it, and we'll, saw that, yeah. Yeah, and we we do a delivery. So we have a delivery specialist and he goes through the bike with you before you leave, but we do pictures and I had the bike staged setting out. Right. And both of them in the middle. It was cool. As shit. It was cool. That's, oh, cool that's really cool. Yeah. See Denver, we can get a free picture too. This deal's getting better. Oh yeah. All of a sudden, I'm, I'm telling you what, dude, he, he's fulfilling a lot of stuff I want to do. You know, I want to buy a bike that's nowhere close to home. I want to fly out, you know, have a good time, get the bike and then enjoy, you know, the long road home. Dude, that'd be cool. Take Route 66 out there. Oh, yeah. I'll crush my dream ride. Shit. Someday yeah. I'll be to the point where I can do that. Like, me and my dad always, since I was a kid, we always talked about either driving out there in an old car or an old, like, Greyhound or riding bikes out there. My dad, my dad actually works for Harley, too, himself. So that's kind of our dream now. That'd be cool. See, that's a, a couple years back. One of my dad's good, you know, riding buddies. He passed away and they went down. I can't remember which state they were in, but they spread his ashes over Route 66. And my dad had his best friend's daughter on the back of his bike and they were riding and she opened the jar and spread his ashes over the highway. Really? Yeah, oh, that's they, awesome. They that's had GoPro cool. set up on his bike, the guy behind him, and yeah. she let his ashes go over Route 66. That's cool. That'd be that that I dig that. Yeah. That's cool. That's that's cool. really awesome. It is. See, it's like I got some of the time. I mean, you know, I love to do the four corners, you know, have some of those dream rides I want to do, but it's like, you know, I want to venture out east. I mean, 
that's the cool thing of this podcast. So, you know, getting to meet different people from different areas and hearing, you know, the areas as they showcase their area. It's like it just builds that bucket list of places you want to hit. You want to go ride and have fun. For sure. And there's so, so many areas that I, I can't wait to get out of East and have fun. Yeah. Have you ever been out here? No, I haven't. Really? No. Just stay away from Boston. <laughs> <laughs> they talk weird and they're mean. Hey, it's like, man, I can. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I can hit Seattle and hop I 90 and take I 90 all the way to fucking Boston. Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pack your car. Pack your car, go to the bar and have a beer. <laughs> but no, it's going to be funny. It's like, I mean, this summer I got a trip to South Dakota and. Which will be kind of for me. That's the farthest east I've been so far. But I'm gonna. I got some plans. I'd love to. And uh, next year hit Laconia. That's gonna yeah. be the hundredth anniversary of Laconia, which would be awesome to to check that out. And shit, I'd be going through your place. So I'm like, I'm gonna have to plan a day stop over there. Oh, time. that's right. That is next year, the hundredth anniversary. Yeah, Laconia is the oldest motorcycle rally in the country. Really? Are you actually? Are you planning on seriously doing that? Yeah. I need to plan ahead then. All right. What yeah, I've, I've had a. It's June. I want to say my birthday month. Let me uh double check that. But yeah, I think it's June because I had a a past podcast guest, and of course, I became great friends with it. Lives not far. I mean, I want to say it's less than an hour. He's like, dude, come over. He goes, you can put your bike in my shop. You got some buddies with you. He goes, I have a huge house. Everybody has their own rooms. He goes, everything's covered. Stay at my place. That's cool. That's a good thing about the biker world, man. People are out there to help everyone. That's what I love about it. Yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing community. It never June, ceases to surprise me. Right. So it'll be June 10th through the 18th of 2023. It'll be the 100th anniversary week of uh, Laconia. Okay. I'm going to put it on my calendar. I'll have to look into that. Maybe beg the boss to let me out for a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's a marketing trip for you, you know? I mean, it could be. Yeah. It's a good idea. Maybe you can reach out to him. Heck yeah, we'll get him on the podcast. We'll talk all about it. My owner would probably love to be on the podcast. Oh, we'll let's make it on. happen. Well, dude, yeah, we'll have to talk in this later. I mean, I'd love to. I mean, it'd be awesome. That's I'd have whole to talk to him first. Awesome He's, adventure. He is the reason. He is the reason I'm still there. I mean, he, not the advertiser, whatever. But no, feel free. My owner, his name's Ryan Mitchell, and he's, <laughs> he's been in the game for 22 years. You know, he started as a porter in Indianapolis at a dealership at 18, and he moved up to literally own part of a dealership. And uh, he started, you know, porter, being a porter, washing bikes. And he's the, he's, he spits gold. When he talks, everyone around him just zones in and listens to what he has to say. Like, he's that guy. It's cool, man. I'll tell you what, you talk to him, and I'll, I mean, right now I'll tell you, you have free game to give him my contact info. Okay. You know, phone number and everything. If, tell him to reach out. I'd love to talk to him. It'd be awesome. Definitely. I, I'd do that. I yeah. go back Tuesday, so I will talk with him, man. There you go. That'd be cool. I appreciate that. Absolutely. Denver, why don't we advance our plans and we buy bikes next year and we get them and then we drive to Laconia? Hey, I, I'm down with that too. But I guess I'd have to fly to Indiana because uh, Black Betty isn't leaving my family. So <laughs> no, I know that, but yeah, you fly in. You got I, podcaster hey, I, I money. In. You know, yeah, you got podcaster money. Yeah, I got I got podcast fuck you money. Just go. <laughs> we got a year to land you a big sponsorship. We got plenty of time. Don't yeah, bore us with the go. details. That's right. I better start sending out emails soon. 
<laughs> I mean, at that rate, they'll probably have to close the dealership down just for security. <laughs> probably would. <laughs> we would. I'd get the black guy, the guys in the black suits with the yeah. Suits. Oh yeah. He's yeah, there's the no calling Uber. I'm gonna have a, a fleet of black suburbans waiting. Yeah, at the airport the package has landed. Yeah. <laughs> D Woods is here. We're uh, rendezvous. I'll be like, hey, go get the 883 out for D Woods to ride. <laughs> <laughs> I got Damn an you, Nick. 750. <laughs> he has to prove. Oh, there, they might have the little sportster out for his you. Way up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, he's got a point, man. The sport, the sports arrest might be plenty of power for you with what you have. So you got to graduate up. What you need to do is find somebody that makes a 132 kit so you can outbeat sets or pendants. <laughs> all you need is the 132. Just so you can be like, I got a 132. It's cool. Nah. I'll tell you what, though. My dad is highly impressed with his that his 19, he's got a 107. He stopped over today and I heard him coming from a ways Sounded away. He just, good. He put the Woods cam. I think it's a 475, yeah. the True Duels, the six-inch yeah. Kirker exhaust, new intake programmer, and Jesus. He said it woke that bike up, and he goes, it's like riding a different bike, and the sound of it is fucking impressive. I bet. This cackles. Yeah. All Even right. me, he's got the 107. I mean, he dressed up the way he want, you know, the Razor Tour Pack, and mm-hmm. I hooked up and actually got him a free uh, Memphis Shades windshield on it. Nice. And he's done, but he just put a bunch of money into it. You know, with the cam exhaust, the duels and programmer and intake and sure. holy crap, that bike sounds impressive. Yeah. It actually, you know, <laughs> I guess you could say it sounds like the, you know, a healthy twin cam. Sure. Sure. Yeah. That's the, one of the big questions that most people come in that are new to the M8s is how do I make it sound like a twin cam? It's like throw a cam in it, dude. <laughs> you gotta yeah. get that lope. Yeah. yeah what's your, what's your cam in it and fuck it's right. nice. Yeah, it sounds incredible. What's your thought on pipes? Do you have a favorite brand, Nick? Um, if we're just talking slip-ons, then I'm I'm a Reinhardt guy. I've had okay. Reinhardts um on a lot of my bikes, but for me, I'm more of a. Have you guys heard of uh, oh Samson's? Oh yeah. <laughs> so Samson's actually like 20 miles from where I'm at. The the home offices. Okay. So my I believe his name's Mike. Um, I've met him before through a guy that was at our dealership prior and they're good people. That's who I had to do my exhaust and my street glide. Um, yeah, they do good work. Their stuff sounds good. I'm old school. So I like fishtails and stuff. (laughs) You know, I was just going to go there. I'll I'll send you a picture later. My brother. Well, I mean, we've been friends since we're little. I mean, he's, you know, my brother from another mother. We've been so close forever. He has a 16 heritage. He put the Samson fishtails on. Do they hang out? (laughs) <laughs> Fuck, they hang out way out the ass in. Yeah. But when I rode down to Idaho a couple years ago, we took off for a ride, which was awesome because, you know, we talked, you know, our younger teen years, you know, we we're always going to ride. Well, he moved away about six years ago. That was the first time we'd actually rode together. You know, I'm on my road glide. He's on his heritage. And, dude, those Samsons were so fucking loud. Yeah. yeah. Holy they the Jesus. Oh, yeah. It was interesting. All right. It's like, you know, we took off for a couple hundred mile ride. It's like, dear God. They can't. But no, it's, oh, they do. Yeah. He had the big, long, straight shots, you know, the, mm-hmm. and it's like, damn, man. Yeah. I had 32 inch on my street glide. And everyone's like, why would you put that on a street glide? I'm like, who cares? It's my bike. Leave it alone. But yeah. They, st- yeah, they stuck out about a foot and backing up to, I didn't think about it. The first time I put the, the pipes on, I backed up and I had an air ride. 
and I backed up to a curve and dropped oh. it and right down on top of the, the back of the fin off the fishtail. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it happens a lot. I see it a lot on the parking lot. People with like stretch bags, they don't think about it and they drop the bag down and crack the whole side of the fiberglass cracks and you got to keep your mind on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I think I just sent you the pictures because he cholloed out oh, his yeah. heritage. It's it's pretty fucking sick. I'll check it out when we get off here. Yeah. I, I tried to get him on. You know, it's like, dude, you got to come on. He's like, I can't do that. He goes, you know, I'm too shy. He goes, no way. <laughs> well, yeah. Don't need to be shy. It's just, you know, we don't bite. Fun. <laughs> I have a soft spot in my heart for heritage since Medusa. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So I, don't, I some of them I don't mind, but I'm just not a fan of the conchos. Right. It's I like yeah, it. you got to get rid of those. Yeah, no, they're not my thing. There's a lot of things to change on our heritage, but this this sounds biased, okay? So I have people coming all the time. They're like, which bike do you think handles and is balanced the best of any bike in the shop with power to weight ratio? Like, you know what I mean? And I was heritage. And that's just my opinion, but Heritage is just balanced bike. They got power. They're light. You can get a 114 on a light, light ass soft tail frame. I love a Heritage. I don't know. Obviously, there's things you can change up on it to make it look better because I don't like a lot of the stuff that comes on them stock. But yeah, the base frame of itself. Obviously, if you're going out riding across country, you're not going to want to hop on a Heritage. But depending on what kind of style of riding you do. Yeah, and I mean, and that comes down to us, you know, preference style, you know, what kind of riding you do, you know, yep. you know, the yep. fact of, you know, guys will enjoy to get out and tour. Do you like to take two, three, four day adventures or, you know, a right. week plus or, I mean, everybody has their style, what they enjoy. Exactly. exactly. You know, what's going to fit your style for what you want to do. Yep. Yep. That's something a lot of people don't think about before they buy a bike. So go to a dealership and have someone ask you those questions because a lot of that stuff you don't think about. I mean, a lot of guys come in and buy a 900-pound limited, and they maybe do one trip a year, and then they, they want to get the bike out of their garage to go down and get a carton of milk or whatever at the grocery store, and they're moving that, that bike around. Next thing you know, they're like, this bike's too much, and they get out of the game, and they don't want anything to do with it. So yeah, you got to know what you're going into, and you got to know what you, what you what kind of riding you're going to plan on doing on that bike. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, you'll see those bikes you come across, you know, Facebook marketplace is three, four years old and got 3,000 yeah. miles on them. Like, oh, yeah. What in the fuck did you buy it for? I mean, that's what <laughs> pops in my head when you see some of these bikes that are, you know, three to five years old and don't even have 5,000 miles. I was like, dude, you haven't even got through the final brake in service. What the fuck? Exactly. We get, we have bikes at our shop right now that are 1,000 miles or less that are two, three years old for that reason. And it's sad because a lot of those people are getting out of it. Like, it, it, it scared them, and they don't want anything yeah. to do with it anymore. And it, it gave them a bad taste in their mouth. But that's why a lot of people need to be open-minded about it for the fact of if someone says, well, what kind of riding do you do? Don't get offended by it. I mean, there's a yeah. reason they're asking you that question. We don't, mm -hmm. want to, we don't want you in that position a year down the road. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody from your side, you know, you want to get them in a bike that's going to fit what they want to do, and I, I exactly. totally get it. Exactly. And it, you know and it sounds funny saying this, but I don't want you to buy a bike and then want to trade it in six months later. Yeah, it sounds good because I'm going to get another sale, but at the same time, that's putting a bad taste in your mouth for the motorcycling culture. We don't want no. that. Yeah, which yeah. is very true. I'd rather you be happy in what you have and 
come back and drink a beer with me and hang out at the shop and say what's up and then get on your bike and leave. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, that's and, and that says something for, you know, the type of sales that you're doing. I mean, yeah, you're, uh, I think it's fair to say you're not in it for the numbers. You want to no. sell a bike to somebody that's going to enjoy it and they're going to get that, you know, longevity out of it and going to enjoy it and use it for its purpose and not right. buy a bike and say, Oh no, sorry. This thing's, I, I can't do this. No, exactly. There's, there's a culture to it and I want you to enjoy that and understand it and want to be part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You want somebody to experience that, you know, you pull up to a gas station and, you know, BFE, the old bum fuck in the middle of nowhere. And some guy's going to pull up next to you. And, you know, I used to have a Harley instead of that, yep. you know, two minute gas stop, you just spent 10, 15 minutes, but you know, you're hearing stories from somebody else and yep. your bike or whatnot, is going to bring back memories of, you know, some old timer basically. And definitely you get a get to hear some stories you get to learn some history and you essentially you made a new friend <laughs> give me goosebumps dude that's literally yeah. what i do it for dude like that is exactly that's exactly it it's just you know what i mean that that you hit you hit yep. it right on the nail dude that's exactly it right there that's the only downside i can say to owning a harley and i say this jokingly there's <laughs> if you show up if you have a harley t-shirt on or you show up on a harley, when we <laughs> we were traveling two years ago i guess it was every place we went people were coming up to us like oh we ride too you know <laughs> right like, i mean right. my breakfast like okay <laughs> like you didn't expect it you know because right. no one ever it's weird no one ever seemed to do that we had the other bikes right the harley seems to have that uh sort of allure to it yeah yeah and and good like, and bad right because some people want to trash that but the real riders embrace that right well it's i mean I, like, no I'm go sorry. ahead nick no no it's kind of like that the the jeep fingers when you drive yeah. by in a jeep you mm -hmm. give the wave same thing with a harley it's a culture that a lot of people want to be part of and if they don't they're not part of it they want to be part of it and it's i don't know it's, it's cool to welcome people into that even if yeah. they're not even open to it, just explaining it to them, showing them that it's not a bad thing. Well, and I had a circumstance. It was two years ago on a trip to Oregon. It was about a week prior to that. My uh, regulator went out. No, excuse me. The stator went out. So I had to put a new stator on my bike. And, I, you know, I called the dealership. Like, you know, you should really replace the regulator when you do the stator, too. I'm like, well, you know what? That's another 300 bucks on top of the 300 <laughs> I'm spending right now. Right. Regulator's working just fine. Just give me that stator. So, you know, pull the primary off and it's a little bit of a job to replace that stator. You know, got the new stator in and, you know, me and my dad and a couple of buddies were taken off to Oregon on a trip to go watch my boys play baseball. I start climbing up one of the mountain passes in Washington called White Pass. And all of a sudden my battery light comes on and I'm looking at my voltmeters drop and I'm like, son of a bitch. You know, I'll get up by my dad's like, hey, <laughs> we got to fucking turn around. Yeah. We pull over and, you know, all right, well, let's go back to, you know, a little town of Packwood. And I stop at the Chevron station. I'm like, you know, fuck, I'm not charging again. He's like, fuck, we just replaced that. You know, he goes up to some hardware store and had to play, fuck, pay out the ass for a little multimeter. But, you know, his buddy Todd, who I'm, you know, became great friends with also as an electrician by trade. So we start, you know, doing a little fucking testing on the side of the road and find out stator's working. But that new stator had fried the regulator. I'm like, shit. So I call, you know, they're getting on the GPS. You know, how close are we to Harley? And I I call up, uh, I think it was Northwest Harley, which is up by uh, Seattle, south of Tacoma, by Olympia. 
And they're like, oh, no, we don't have one. I'm like, hey, I'm broke down on the side of the road. So, you know, I, she's, hey, hold on, you know, let me get in the network. And she's like, hey, Owens Harley-Davidson the Yakima has one. It's like the only one in the state. I'm like, all right, you know, hey, thank you. And about that time, I see my buddy Dustin's putting on his helmet. I'm like, hey, Dustin, what are you doing? He's like, I'm going to head to Yakima and go get that stator, which is about close to two hours away. I'm like, serious? He's like, dude, I know you do it for me. Yeah. So he's heading over there to get not stator, excuse me, the regulator. So he takes off, and my dad and Todd is like, "Well, hey, there's a bar over here in a barbecue joint. You can babysit the bikes. We're gonna go over there since you broke down. Have a good time, <laughs> fucker." I'm like, "Dickheads!" That's but cool. in that time, some guy went by on a Yamaha. You know, a dual sport bike had the rifle in the back, and he came back through town like an hour later. I recognized the bike, and you know, I'm sitting on. The, over off the side of a gas station he pulls and he's like hey you were here a while ago i'm like well yeah you know my regular went out i'm just you know waiting he's like hey he goes i got an old road king he goes man if you need to i can go pull parts off and bring it back i'm like hey you know thank you but you know i got a buddy that just had the yakima he should be back here in a couple hours with a new one and you know if it will be back on the way he's hey no problem and you know it's, it's that part of the community you know he saw me sitting on the side of the road mm-hmm. Two hours later, I'm still sitting there when he's coming back into town. He's like, you know, he pulls up because just because he sees the bike, it strikes up that conversation. He's wanting to help. And, you know, it's just it's part of that community. It's like you said, you you get involved in that community. And there's some great people in it and you can meet some great friends. And it all sparks just from a visual aspect of seeing a motorcycle. Right. Yeah, that's that's the cool part about it, no matter what. You, you run down the road and you see somebody off the side of the road. And you're, someone's going to stop and see if you need any help. And just, oh, yeah. just having that type of mentality is huge, you know, and being part of that kind of community, like you're saying, that, that shows what it's about. Yep. Yeah, and for us, that simple, you know, like six-hour trip ended up being like 10 hours, but, you know, we made <laughs> it where we wanted to go. We got a, caught some awesome baseball games. I actually got to watch my older son with a – walk off fucking two run home run and ended his baseball career with a grand slam playing for the fucking baseball showcase. It was awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. Always a memory behind it all. There is. And it's, you know, it's like, you can have those breakdowns, right? They suck at that moment, but even it's like, we got, it wasn't even a mile down the road. It's like, I'm laughing on my helmet. It's like, you know what? It's all part of the adventure and it's all part of the fun. you know what? I got another story to tell. Oh Yeah. It's true, man. That's that's yeah. what try to get that word out there to people. I mean, just like I explain to people that ride to work. So you say you take your truck and you're driving to work. You drive to work every day in your truck and you see the same thing every time. But you get on your bike, you're gonna smell things differently, you're gonna see things differently. It's 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 just a whole different feeling. And I know this sounds gushy and mushy and whatever, but the best times, best dates is when you get your old lady on the back of your bike and you go out and ride and you're together, not that you're not talking, but at the same time you're, you're sucking and enjoying all that. What you're going through at the same time together. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's just a, a bonding thing that is different than just sitting down watching TV together. You know what I mean? Oh, I have a good friend. Too. I mean, he rides a Goldwing, but he, you know, we were talking, this was a couple of years back. He goes, him and his wife will get out on the motorcycle and they actually talk more when they're riding in the motorcycle through the intercoms than when they do, they sit at home. Sure. They enjoy the company. And for them, it's just, it's way better on the motorcycle. Yeah. 
No, I, I dig it. I get it. I mean, that's me and the wife. I mean, that's we get on the bike. And we just ride around. We don't go far distances, but at the same time, it's just a, a thing we can do together and, and enjoy that feeling of being free and just getting out in your knees in the wind and enjoying it. That time, I, I think that people underestimate that time for a couple is like the best. Like we have the, the best stories are based around us riding. You know, yeah. All the good stories are based around us being on the bike. Right. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, hey, and Marine Marine Rider just tuned in. And, you know, as a fellow Marine, wanted to, you know, show his regards and respect also. Semper Fi, brother. Got my <laughs> flag here. My last unit I was with, I had all my Marines sign it. <laughs> And there's a there's a dick right there. Well, I was on duty, <laughs> and this this young uh, junior marine walks in, and I'm sitting there on duty at the desk, and he comes up drunk and asks if he could sign my flag, and I said sure. He grabs the marker and draws a dick and says go Packers because he knew I hated the Packers. He uh he ended up on the floor. <laughs> yeah, but now good it's deal. A memory. <laughs> it's, it's a story to share. And a memory. It's a have. story. People ask about it all the time when they see it, and and I have I I was mad and very angry at the time, but now I laugh about it. (laughs) It is what it is. Exactly, it's all part of the adventure and the fun, and like I said, the stories you got to share from it, the memories it brings back. Exactly. Come around, gonna forget those memories. That's for sure. No, got a lot of them. (laughs) Very true. Well, look at those memories in a car. Hey, go ahead, Brian. You got some more? No, I see. You don't get those memories in a car. No, you no. don't. And that's the awesome thing about traveling by motorcycle. It's just, it's night and day difference. I mean, yeah, you might be going the same direction, but to me, it's just, it's more intimate. The smells, nature, the sights, it's just, it's not the same when you look through that glass windshield on a car. Exactly. Exactly. So, but hey, shoot, man. Nick, you know, thank you for, for coming on the V Twin Life and, and you know, sharing your background and your story of how you, you know, came into the motorcycle world and the culture. It's been a lot of fun. For sure, man. I appreciate you having me on here. It was, it was a good time. Yeah. Hey, let like everybody know where they can, you know, find you and follow your adventures, man. Yeah. So I'm on TikTok. It's Nick, the Harley guy. It's all you got to search in the, in the bar. Um, that's literally the only platform I'm really on. I'm, I'm on Instagram. So if you get on my link tree on my TikTok, it'll have my list of my dealership. So you can see my inventory um and it'll pull up my instagram also so that's where you can find me at guys right on man hey this has been a lot of fun guys thanks for tuning in mile post 56 with nick the harley guy so hey stay tuned guys we got a great episode should be sunday next week we got brian clock coming on which is going to be a lot of fun dive into the history yeah that's cool so hey guys stay tuned watch for the updates watch for the stories of posts as always hey ride safe have fun Bye, guys. See you guys.